I'm not a gumshoe detective. I wish I was a gumshoe detective. I don't know why they call it a gumshoe. It's because, Monty, you mm-hmm. might have gum on your hands. Da, da, da. Welcome to oh, Fourth God, Times no, the Charm, no, where niches need. I'm your producer, Ben, alongside your director, Matt, in the lame. Shea Butter himself. Ugh. It's Monty. Ugh. Welcome <laughs> to a fresh new week of episodios. We got a lot uh, coming up for you guys. It's spoopy season, and we are going to be super spooky today because we took Matt's suggestion to watch. The Blood on Satan's Claw, a 1968 film classic, which is following in the footsteps of our uh, waltz 1968 was last week. the history of <laughs> witchcraft in cinema. Matt, what year was this movie? Wow, that, yeah, all right, let's, let's, let's bring it back. So what, what we have here is the continuation of Tygon Films' desire to continue to push forward this full-core image in Britain. And in 1971, the masterminds behind Witchfinder General came back together with director Piers Hagrid well, so and Patrick Weinman and Linda. No, they weren't. They started filming in the 70s. Um, the <laughs> Development. The, Ben, shut the fuck up. Um, the Blood on Satan's Call is a 1971 supernatural horror film. One of the most influential movies on one of the most important films in, in horror history, 1973's Wicker Man. Where we get to see a, a a different view of the story of the witch and the wonderful. Where in the Wicker Man we get a very like rosy curtained kind of like etheric vibe and the Witchfinder general we get brutal reality where the cult and the magic isn't real and it's just two abusive men being abusive and finally and right smack there in the middle we get the you know magical reality we get the fact that the demons are real and they're coming for everybody in 1971's blood on satan's claw a tremendous film um in my estimate one that i think is of the three probably the least well-known because there's not a band named after it and not a Nicolas Cage remake of the other one. Um, I think a real classic made, produced, filmed, and shot in the 70s. Uh, a real origin point uh, for this kind of film in that area. So I loved what we saw here. Ben, what did you think of Blood on Satan's Claw? And it's all, it's 1970 and 71 glory. <laughs> When the grave of the devil is disturbed by the plow, the satanic essence of evil wreaks violent and revolting revenge. But it weren't human, sir. There were fur. Then it was an animal's remains. They, it were more like some fiend. And the evil grows quickly, attacking first the youth of the village and making them the devil's children. Look, look. Oh, God, I prayed I'd never see that again. That's what they call the devil's skin. Doctor, witchcraft is dead and discredited. Are you bent on reviving forgotten horrors? How do we know, sir, what is dead? The blood on Satan's claw. It was like a horrible disease, highly contagious and deadly dangerous. My skin. 
moth, spirit of the dark, take thou my blood, my flesh, my skin, and walk. Holy bear moth, father of my life, speak now, come now, rise now from the forest, from the fa... The Blood on Satan's Claw stars Patrick Wymark as the judge who tries Satan, and Linda Hayden as Angel Blake, daughter of Satan. essence of evil wreaks violent and revolting revenge. Doctor, witchcraft is dead and discredited. These dogs know how to tear the devil's heel. Art thou ready to give thy skin tonight? Art thou ready? Blood on Satan's Claw and The Beast in the Cellar, together in a chill-filled festival of horror. Both films rated R. So 1922's Haxon is a pseudo-documentary with reenactments mixed in mm -hmm. about the history of witchcraft. Then we have 1968's Witchfinder General, mm -hmm. which is... A, it's a non-fantastical look at witch finders and uh, sort of the cocaine bear-esque power fantasy of killing them and righting the wrongs of our past after some brutal, hellacious uh, events transpire. You shift forward to Wicker Man and we're at a straight-up... Uh, pagan power fantasy movie yeah, at that yeah. point and, and that one the bad the the deem the evil cult are the good guys that's right yeah in that movie sort of the cult is both real and they're attacking um the the the, the police the establishment the government so that's the world's completely flipped this movie in the middle, the blood on Satan's claw is almost like a, a response to both movies. This sense, is yeah. the movie where, okay, actually all of these witches 
are actually witches mm-hmm. and we're going to stop them the good white Christian way. Yeah, and this one, like the the moral message that comes at the end is very opaque. It's look, the good Christian guy destroyed the monster. Yay! Um, I mean, and to that point, um, writer Robert uh, Weinman Simmons, um, despite the film originally being construed as an anthology, um, but later being kind of re- forcefully reconstructed by Tygon's films, the original central theme of the whole movie was the stamping out of the old religions, not by Christianity, but by an aesthetic belief that all sorts of things must be blocked out of the mind. So the judge represents a dogged enlightenment, if you like, who is saying, don't let these things lurk in the dark corners, bring it out into the open and then get rid of it. When it becomes a fully fledged cult, it will show itself. And then they worked that in um, through Tygon's influence into the uh, the uh, priest or the judge himself delivering the final big blow and everyone being happy. Yeah, this is. Out of the three movies, I would say this one is maybe the least visually unnerving. Yeah, but in well, terms of... Uh, there are some parts that really got... Sure, sure. Yeah. But I, I think compared to some of the things that you see in Witchfinder General, and sure. even just sort of the the subtext in Wicker Man is... Is a little well, more visually jarring, I think you could say. I, Whereas think, here, I think Wicker I, Man I, is the most palatable of the three, for sure. But I feel but like the, the vibe of this movie is maybe the creepiest. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely just the creepiest because, of the three. Yeah, just because it's such a... It feels so unnatural and alien compared to the other films. Yeah, well, I think I think what really sets this one aside is like you actually see Satan. Even even in the Wicker Man, like all of the magic is implied outside of when the lady like naked dances at the at the cop. Um, none of the like actual magic is real. The the cult and their beliefs and their and their follow through is completely real. But unlike a movie like Ari Aster's Hereditary, um, where you see the demon summoned in an actual effect in Wicker Man, you don't really see it in this movie. You do. You know, you get direct direct evidence of satan walking around uh and having a good old time well and and what is that evidence matt that drives us through the story it's the skin of satan or the skin of the <gasps> devil where uh those who have been infected by a cult um so th- th- to wind it back the movie kind of was originally written with these three motifs um you get the opening where a A woman is locked in her attic by her abusive family for years until she perishes. You have a group of children who find this odd-shaped, creepy corpse monster that follows them around and turns them into uh, monsters. And then at the end, you get this uh, rallying scene where a group of uh, villagers from a militia kill a cult in the woods. Um, And what we get to see then by the reworking of this is this cult that slowly forms in this small british town as they slowly try to recreate the flesh of satan by influencing different people with the cults like supernatural uh i guess sort of mind control stuff um as they perform multiple black masses and and to monty's point 
I think one of across all of these movies, I think one of the darkest deaths in the movie um, where they mystify this like young man into having sex with another per character and then brutally stab him in the back like mid coitus um, to, to extract the, the skin from his is body. It, is that the guy who gets stabbed? I thought it was the girl that gets stabbed. I thought it might be the girl. One of them gets stabbed brutally. Yeah, the I girl it was gets. The dude. So the, that's the most twistest part for me in the movie is that she gets. She she was just going into the fields playing with her friend, uh, playing like you know by herself, and then all of a sudden, oh these yeah, two she's gathering flowers guys, in the woods. Yeah, they kind of like pulled her into it, and that it just got really dark for me because you know how I feel about rape scenes. And it's just like. Holy crap! Is like <laughs> gang banged her, and then yeah, she gets well, stabbed. Good. They, they were all watching. Just, they were. They, it was more of like a yeah. yeah I'm not make you, that. Well, the, in, in, it implied, was gang bang adjacent. Was, I, I will implied. agree. Implied, yeah. Like they I will were all agree with involved. Monty. It was like that part got me really uncomfortable. Yeah, I actually, I actually didn't remember that uh, too closely until you just remember that. That is. That's that's pretty brutal. I will also say, just a warning, if anyone feels weird about this type of stuff, uh, which people should, uh, <laughs> there is underage nudity, like full body underage nudity in this oh, like movie. Confirmed. Yeah, the actress Linda Hayden. I yeah, believe. who plays Angel Blake, the leader of the, uh, like the evil cult. Yeah, she tries tempting a priest in the movie by yes. disrobing herself. Uh, she was 17 when the scene was mm. filmed. So just be well, aware that that is in there. I mean, it's not there for stop, long. Let's stop but. talking about that movie now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, all right, all right. Wrap it I'm up. I'm not sure if should have said that earlier on or da, 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 later da, da, in there, Good night, but everybody. True. But, yeah, the, the thing I took away from it was... Um, I felt this is a story of beware grownups of teenage uh, puberty. <laughs> oh, see, well, because I, I kind of saw that, but really what it what I saw and it's it's the kind of direct connections that that was forced to it between um, uh, Witchfinder General in this movie where they including the uh like the book of witches which is you know referencing like the malefic maleficarum or the or the hammer of witches um and having this kind of idea that the cult is real and it's and it's interesting in this one where it's not that it's not faith or religion that allows them to defeat the devil it's like a combination of like medical ingenuity and like letting the cult grow um, because like specifically the, um, the, the judge who's like our, I guess our protagonist, um, allows the cult and specifically says like, let them grow bigger. So they reveal themselves fully. Um, and then they use that revelation to go and destroy, um, the cult itself and save everyone from literal walking Satan. Yeah. The, the movie, this is probably closest to is the theatrical release of the plague what <laughs> what's well, a killer I, kid film i i yeah i don't i this this gives me much more of like a children of the corn meets wicker man vibe than the that's plague. what they were trying to make the plague into 
was a children of the core. I'm not talking about the edited, unreleased version of the movie we talked about. I'm talking how about how Masonberg's the plague. You mean? Yeah, I'm not talking about how Masonberg's the plague. I'm talking about theatrical plague. Like I, there, I, there's yeah, a I lot guess. of similarities. I out I, of this, here's this a movie take. reeks so 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 fully of the full core elements that it, it feels so disconnected from something like the plague, which feels more like sci-fi. But like the, I guess the the semi-religious undertones hit. To me, this is like really a a place that's that's sitting directly in the full core lineage. I so I will add to that. This movie is more or less a slasher movie. Wow, you're 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 coming in with hot takes today. Well, it is. I, I mean, know, but it's, it's a just bunch like of it's... it's a bunch of differently staged deaths that are all unique in their own way. It's not entirely dissimilar from Halloween. In in terms of the structure of oh building up to another death, oh building up to another death. Sure, yeah, I can see because the deaths are what really mark the pacing of the movie, and that's a signature aspect of slasher movies that I can't recall seeing in most movies of the '60s or the '70s before Halloween. And I just think that well, it's yeah. interesting that I mean Halloween inspired all of horror cinema with with how powerful. Of course it did. It of course it did. But as a sort of proto slasher movie i think it's interesting to look at this because if this movie came out in 1981 versus 1971 yeah this would have just been a straight up slasher movie well it would have it probably would have come it probably would have been done much differently too because i think what you see really clearly in the movie and you kind of mentioned it with these like motifs of each individual murder is the fact that it was originally written as a three-part anthology because you can see Man, and, and, I, and that it does have been long well no they were all supposed to be short each of those sections of the movie were supposed to be really short it's why the mm, judge leaves in the whole middle half of the movie um because that was supposed to be like each like there's like three 20 minute sections um and that was until tygon was like no 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 just kind of put all these together Witchfinder general was real successful so let's let's have you dunk the witches again get the Satan book in there and we're tying it in. It really, it really was a studio's attempt to just kind of like push forward the next, uh, the next movie in the, you know, realm of a full core, even though it isn't really defined at that point to like bring it to the forefront. And um, so this movie is largely a claw is found on a farm's grounds mm-hmm. and it is, uh, apprehended by a bunch of goofing off teenagers who end up, you know, becoming influenced by Satan and they end up doing his bidding, which escalates until the day is saved at the end. I will say what? like even, even those, the kids did an incredible job. Like, like you mentioned Linda Hayden earlier, like Barry Andrews. I mean, Patrick Weinman as the judge is great, but the, the whole cast like really like put their, I don't know, like best foot forward sounds really lame, but they really did. And I what think would a lot you of say that... are, are some of the real highlight moments of the movie. Cause for example, in Witchfinder general, we have that incredible scene where the, uh, where the accused witch is engulfed in flames, right? Yeah. So cool. I don't think there's anything quite as standout like that, but what do you think are the moments that make this movie special and worth seeking out? Monty, do you ha- did any of them stand out to you? 
Like what were the what were the things that stuck in your mind? I think outside of like the horrifically brutal one scene. Yeah, it's that really I think was my peak for me. It's just too disturbing to watch and as after that I was just like, "Oh my god." Like is there how how much worse can this get? And then when uh Angel appears, that's that's when things start to uh, yeah when angel characters of, comes into like full full view yeah Not it's, in, it was kind of like a weird okay. taste in the mouth band this whole podcast yeah. for me i have to say this movie was it was all right um mm-hmm. i'm not really into this type of movie because it's kind of intense it's kind of like how they shot like i i get it during that era <clears throat> there was a lot of very violent movies out mm-hmm. uh in the horror movie genre where it's like you well, got yeah because filming of, porn was illegal so if you wanted to show tits in a movie you did it with a you horror have to movie. do it in horror movies yes and it kind of reminds me of uh what's that last house on the left i think yeah the last house on the left and, yeah uh, or I what spit was on that one grave. i spit on your grave yeah yeah that's the that one's much more brutal oh yeah that, that that i will say those movies are like for those who are fans of that kind of like extremist early Wes Craven inspired horror. This isn't movie. Isn't that brutal, but it, it, those movies are something else altogether. But the message is there. It's like Mm -hmm. insinuating what it is. So you kind of, you kind of think about it when you watch it and it's just like, wow, this is really, really effed up. But yeah. Um, for how I, I see it is it's more like, uh, it's got like, Children of the Corn vibe mm-hmm. for me. Um, not not like a slasher film. It's just like these kids. Like I, I just can't get it out of my head that yeah, it's like the the message I'm seeing is puberty. Uh, adults are just you know letting kids be kids until the kids just get like overly crazy and the symbolic of satan uh the evilness of these mm-hmm. children is getting out of hand it's like yeah then then the adults so come you, in and say you with know. with with that in mind, do you think the adults are good guys then because to me the way you're described like it sounds like a movie that sets up the you know the priestly kind of religious figure who's against the children being the bad guy or yeah. do you think in, in this movie it's very like do you see it as like the kids were evil like they're meant, I, they should be murdered at the end. Like were they? Yeah, into, no, in definitely. Your viewing of it, I I think it was more like the the kids are are portrayed are being controlled by some sort of evil, whether it mm-hmm. be you know like if if it were in this day and age, it would be you know technology or whatever, right? Sure, and, yeah. You know, like it would, yes, the kids are on that, on that verge and they're going too far and mm-hmm. yeah, the, the adults come in and, you know, they do what they got to do. The adult thing to do, which is to shut everything down and, you know, in this case, stab a few people yeah. <laughs> and get to well, they gotta, kill they the source cut. of evil and shave off everyone's body hair and stuff like that so well, they got they gotta shave off the satan skin so they can donate yeah. it to satan himself yeah pretty much which was kind of wacky but okay yeah. i'll take i'll take it as it is for the story i, but, I will say yeah. monty i i think the whole puberty take you gleaned from it is a really good idea considering one of the big 
central points of the movie is the fact that these affected teenagers are growing hair on like various yeah. parts of their body. Yeah, and and you have to remember like these are these although the actors are yeah they could they could be in their teens but they're portraying younger kids right so well, yeah, that's how like, I'm seeing like, it. Yeah, and I can't get the symbolism out of my head as I watch as I progress to watch this. Um, like the rave scene is like, you know, kids at parties and, you know, frat house parties and getting it on. And, you know, you know, some people at these parties are become victims of certain, Mm -hmm. you know, situations. So that's how I am. As I watch this, I am just reading into it and maybe I'm reading into it too much, but that's what I'm saying. In many ways, it sort of sounds like a like a Grimm's fairy tale tale. Yeah, well, yeah. and that's that to me is what's like the joy of folk horror as a genre. Like it's about creating inside of yourself like what that message and story is. Like what what is the horror that's on display? Because a lot of folk well, that's horror can be cinema kind of in general, open. Matt. That's the that's the beauty of filmmaking. Yeah. Well, yeah, in, in general, but I think folk horror captures that kind of like these like nebulous like things that we all go through coming coming to form in front of you like it's what fairy tales are mm-hmm. they're like parts of life and folk horror is based on like the things like the grim fairy tales and based on these like you know these like mundane stories that have these like horrific undertones and in yeah. their original forms like in the original grim fairy tales that involved like lots of people dying in this dark really dark character stuff and, and then they transformed lesson, into they, the they Disney feel it's like a lesson to be them. lesson to be shared with kids right like, like right yeah like and for me it takes was that the, and makes them for adults instead of for the kids yeah there's also one part where the character margaret was mm-hmm. you know the the one that they attempt to drown her but yeah they our, throw her one in the of lake. our yeah our Literally. heroes rescues her and ralph <laughs> mm-hmm. good old ralph good yeah, old ralph, ralph. he's always you know what what's up with ralph chopping constantly chopping wood in the forest and he always that's just his job play. man when, when you live in a 17th 18th century village you just gotta chop that wood yeah you do but like the part where she she is exposed and she is air quotes uh freed after she got the fur oh, yeah. on her leg removed and then you know it's kind of like i just picture uh you know the the kid has um you know been kicked out of a frat or a club house mm-hmm. and when she reaches seeks out angel to like hey don't don't abandon me please yeah, like please. take me back and then because the 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 leader of the frat or the clubhouse says yeah no you know you you you're useless to us now she decides to betray the whole ki- group of kids mm-hmm. and you know reveal to the j- judge oh you know some crappy stuff are happening and i think you guys should go check it out and yeah so lo and behold yeah i i i think for me what really holds the movie together and especially in in place of the other uh maybe not wicker man so much but definitely over Witchfinder general is the movie's music um no, mark yeah. mark wilkinson i think did something really really special with the score here um he he like largely considers um this like his best score he's ever done um and it's a really powerful score yeah it's very unique too it doesn't sound like boring or contrite like it feels fresh and like unnerving i think and i think the um the cinematographer dick bush 
um, went on, uh, has spoken about how his, like, one of his biggest influences for the movie uh, was one of my favorite uh, 50s movie, The Seventh Seal by uh, Igmar Bergman. And I think in some of the scenes, like when, I can't remember the character's name, but when he cuts his hand off, um, the whole scene leading up to the girl being thrown and Margaret being thrown into the water, I think just have these like very beautiful looks like the, the yeah. way in which they shot this in nature and captured it, like the wildflowers and the scenery, like it truly did feel like period accurate. Like everything looked correct. And the sense it's of them being very... out in the woods and in nature felt very visceral. Like, and we'll see in a movie, I think we're going to talk about in a couple weeks. Um, that kind of like aspect of digging into nature is really what like sets a great tone for all of the horror. I think it's what it what makes like one of my favorite movies, Men, uh, so powerful is because of where it situates itself in nature. Where I think you you don't get that sense of being out in the wild as much in a movie like The Wicker Man. Uh, where in this movie you really really get that sense of the woods and of the kind of the old gods in a different sense than you get in the uh the wicker man kind of expression of like the old gods speaking yeah they, they it's amazing to find like i i just love like film back then they were shot mm-hmm. actually on location and like yeah like in this case they were shot in oxfordshire and you know the even the uh, Band, the ruined church where yep. they were performing it it's actually an act it's it's an actual place yeah, uh, that still there. exists today you can go there and yeah it's just amazing how they were able to find and locate all this uh all this stuff and it's interesting that you point out matt that dick bush the cinema cinematographer he was inf- he says that he's influenced by the seventh seal in the virgin springs uh, a mm-hmm. 1960s film yeah, As, I haven't seen uh, the version, but it's another Bergman film, though. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's. Re- I have to give it to that. It's, it's really well shot. It does. Yeah. It does make you feel like you are, you know, in in that time period that this was uh, filmed and all that. So, well, yeah. I I think that one of the reasons why that's so, and I think one of the consistent things we've seen so far in throughout these witchcraft movies is that the cameras are kept very close to the ground. Yep. The soundtracks are very much present, but they're kept to a minimum more of like a diegetic type Mm. of sound. Like it could realistically, you know, be around them. It feels like it's been incorporated into the scene. It's very lo-fi, it's very simple mm-hmm. and that really contributes to the whole vibe of the movie considering it's it's simple lives these people are living um and, but yeah i i think that the cinematography by uh penis pussy was just jeez, really right. stellar <laughs> all right come Bush. on man Relax. seriously jeez come on ben what what you got <laughs> you got like a weird fucking vibe going into this whole movie <laughs> <laughs> his name's dick bush come on it's Be dick respectful. Bu- it's richard bush all right yeah Jeez. richard henry bush yeah he ah. died in 1997 well great so he can't clap back at us well i'll clap back for you i'm gonna reach out to the bush family make sure you reach out to Boy. the right bush please yeah. don't matt i don't want things <laughs> to get too hairy <laughs> i hate everything about what we're doing right now but in anyways um 
interesting fact, um, Matt. Maybe you'll you and I will probably enjoy this. Uh, Gatiss was featured in a spoken word adaptation of the film alongside Linda Hayden, uh, who she plays different roles, uh, including the one I think she plays, you know, Angel, uh, is released Mm -hmm. on Audible in 2018. Oh, hell yeah. I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to check that out. How how oddly specific. Thank God for Audible. I, I, I actually like audibles. No, no, I no that's all, all cinema. No, that's it, it's good because it allows more creators to create more things, which can end up being both niche and neat. I well, speaking. Oh, go ahead, Ben. Was thoroughly impressed by this movie. I think out of Haxon, Witchfinder, General Wickerman, and this, I think this was the weakest one. Just because I feel like the storytelling sort of stops at a point because we don't yep. go past the it's disjointed while these people are you know while the 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 witch finders are kind of fucked up right like we mm-hmm. never reach that point with the story it stays a lot simpler um and I think the lack of depth and the kind of disjointed nature of it and the fact that it it doesn't really feel like it's heading towards any real conclusion until the last you know 20 minutes of the movie i think that works against it it's not a perfect Mm -hmm. film yeah no but i found it quite enjoyable i think that it 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 feels like a movie between two eras like we're not we've already moved past the era of the witchfinder general but we're not quite at you know michael myers more sort of modern horror and so it's sort of in between here serving multiple masters in a time of cinematic uncertainty it kind of comes at the end of the tygon and hammer films kind of like realm of horror being like what we classify as horror but wasn't there supposed to be a sequel to this but unfortunately the director passed away or something like that. No, I I oh. think that was Witchfinder General. Oh, that's Witchfinder. Oh, okay. Oops, sorry, wrong movie. Well, Monty, what would you? So I would give this movie probably three and three quarters out of five stars quality. Mm-hmm. I give it two out of four charms. I wasn't thoroughly charmed, but I was invested in the film. Uh, Monty, what yeah. would you give? I I I fall very similar with you. I think. I give it a three out of five and two out of four charms. It was not as great compared to the witch hunter Hunter general. Um, And I find that, yeah, I find witch hunter general is much more interesting. I, I, which uh, by the way, I did watch uh, prior to watching this film. Mm-hmm. And that ending, like I after you guys talked about it last time, the the that ending was really powerful. I I really enjoyed yeah. that ending. Yeah, I, I, I the ending with, was really strong. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I think this one, uh, like between, if you look at the three mo- like initial representation of full core as being Witchfinder General, Blood and Satan's Claw, and the Wicker Man, um, and then Haxon is like the Godfather when it comes to cinematic full core, um. Wicker Man, obviously, without a question, stands above the rest. It's arguably one of the greatest and most influential horror films of the 70s. If, in my opinion, the best film uh, horror film of the 70s. Um, but where this one situates is this is like kind of that that transition. 
I think right. without this movie, we don't get Wicker Man. I think wow. without Witchfinder General, we don't get this movie either. I think we get a very yeah. different kind of weird anthology, kind of spooky story story. And I think that was almost to the detriment of this film. It's what pulls it back because there is just this kind of void in the middle of the movie that that depletes from its like um, its cohesiveness and its kind of like uh, consistency of storytelling. When yeah, it was released, feel, well, it was I, regularly compared to H.P. Lovecraft's work. Um, I, I, and I see that, but not doesn't have that same kind of focus. So I think that I hear you. I think a big issue with the movie is that the 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 boy is the the blonde kid. I can't mm-hmm. remember his name. He's Maybe. killed at like the halfway point of the movie. Oh yeah, the, the lady's son. Yeah, yeah, the lady's son, and like that's a pretty brutal killing. Yeah, and Ooh. then you should you should sort of go to the climax from there because they can't really ratchet it up anymore. They just kill his sister. Like, like after that, and, and like that too is horrible. But yeah, like it the didn't. Dogs is pretty horrible. It's pretty yeah, creepy, but like it but... didn't. It, it didn't increase the drama at all you know the only thing we got from that is oh it must not be the dude we apprehended so like you know if you're looking at film as something where it should only be adding uh where it should only be like adding to it to the story like every Mm -hmm. scene must have a purpose then this is really like an hour-long movie that's stretched out of it it's still good being stretched out that far but is a little longer than it could be. Yeah, I agree yeah. with Ben. It, it kind of it started to drag afterwards. Um, you can, well, you can really tell it's yeah. three different little movies, like yeah. kind of like stapled together. I, I, I one of the quotes I heard that I think really resonated with me was that it's a movie that bears the scars of its production right on its face, um, and you can tell that it, it had this original kind of disjointed and 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 a. Th- anthological style of filmmaking that was kind of shoved into itself. Um, but I still think it, while being disjointed in the worst of the three, it's far from a bad movie. Um, I, I think it, I think it lands the mark of what it does, even though like, you know, I'm the type of person who wants the bad guy, Satan, evil creature to win at the end. So when, when the, when the movie ends and he just stabs the demon and kind of just chucks him, I'm like, Oh, that's it. Yeah, I was a little kind bit, of a, and I, and that that's because you know I like to cheer for the for the supernatural eldritch horrors of the world. They they're the ones. Yeah, that, that speak I think to that me. was just a budget thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, it was budget, and because they didn't, they thought the original ending was too bleak. The original Wait, ending. What was had the a, original ending? The the judge comes back, gets the entire village together, and they systematically kill all of the followers. So that they Yo, can, that they can, would have been brutal. That would have as hell. been better, yeah. actually. Well, yeah, I agree. I think that would have been the best ending. It would have. It would have. I just like the ending to Witchfinder General. Both of them had their more brutal and like more intense and realistic, um, visceral ending taken from them by by Tygon Films. You know, fuck you, Tygon, for ruining the not necessarily ruining, but drastically changing the ends of both of these movies. Um, because I think that's what kind of. Uh, like with Wicker Man, Wicker Man ends so successfully because you get the cop in in the Wicker Man like screaming 
for prolong like a much longer period of time than you see in Witchfinder General, like asking for salvation, denying the devils and the and the cult, and them just kind of lounging and enjoying it, which really deeply leads to that unsettling nature, just like the ending of um hereditary or midsummer where they you know the cult wins yeah. and they win in a realized fashion so um, and either i think either you need to have brutal destruction of the cult um and you see like the stark victory of the of the like you know the order of the world stamping out the darkness or you have the cult win otherwise so you get the I, kind of I wet actually, noodle ending this movie has for you i disagree mm. i thought this was the perfect ending because it's a very grounded movie and in reality when there were these witch cases at a certain point people would be like oh you've been cleared of satan all right well that wasn't you satan did it you can just go on now i guess that depends on the time period because like christian churches and organizations traveled across europe systematically erasing culture and murdering entire villages um like all throughout you know the entirety of europe like they systematically went out of their way to stamp out what they viewed as like pagan belief systems and utterly destroy them. There, there was, there was very little just like casual acceptance of like areas of Europe, not just being Christian. They were like, Oh, you don't want to do this. Well, we can colonize and destroy all of your people. But like see, this, I like think the it Sami adds culture a nice... of Scandinavia was like almost completely led to extinction because they refused to accept that they would take the non-pagan beliefs with them. So I like that. Well, that's just reality. But, but I don't feel like that's the theming of this movie. I feel like this movie really focuses on a cold, hard impartiality. Like a, like a, a distance between the people and the cult members. I feel like the ending sort of works to serve that. Also, I have one more thought on this movie. Maybe the most important part. Hmm. The the fiance, the the man to be married who shows up in the beginning of beautiful the movie, hair is the biggest cuck I have ever seen in the history of cinema. Oh man. I, I, I mean like <laughs> I, dude his his fiance gets turned into a demon. The dude is in the next twenty minutes of the movie, and I'm like, this guy is gonna be the main character, right? Does not say a fucking word. He just looks forlorn and sad for the next, like, 60 minutes he's in the film. <laughs> Wait, doesn't he die in the film? Or is he just that guy that keeps moping around on scene? I think he loses his hand. Yeah, he cuts his hand no. off and he mopes around. He cuts around. his hand off, but otherwise he's still alive. Well, okay. Yeah, he was well, pretty clearly useless. I, I, for me, that like that, I love the scene where he cuts his hand off. And I think that's because it was definitely part of the original um you know experience where he just you know cuts his hand off and that's like the great end of a little mini short scene yeah like if the if if you like have a cut there where he like harshly cuts you know his uh hand off and then just like ends and goes to credits now that's a fucking scene <laughs> i maybe we're yeah, just thinking it, too much into it now <laughs> I, I i would like to rewatch it knowing that this was supposed to be three shorts yeah because i do does feel like context. the first third and the last third are a lot better than the middle yeah and this was yeah, my second time watching it as well and that really changed my kind of view of it because having seen it once before and going through it i was like oh like i kind of know what's coming on 
or coming about and seeing it all like in knowing what's happening was like really let me pay attention more to like the music and some of like the cinematography parts of the movie but it also made that like those gaps in the movie feel that much more viscerally there yeah no i think had i known maybe uh, maybe i'll go back to it and and check it Mm -hmm. out again um but yeah now that i read that yeah it is meant to be an anthology but sure (laughs) it was all right for me it's um it's okay film but yeah definitely not as good as witch hunter in general so well that i think that kind of wraps it up and this leads me into the final piece of homework i have and this is for mostly for ben because he hasn't seen it in monty this is this is for you now in the context of what we've kind of situated here as the foundation of full core what is the nature of full core and the belief structure on witches and the way that women and other you know witch like pagan belief systems were treated um has one final representation that i think came out in the modern day now oh. we're, we're 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 gonna Go over Wicker Man, 1973's Wicker Man. But that's, you know, we've talked about on the podcast. It's one of the most well-known movies, big cast, all that stuff. But what we really need to do is take a lens at what I think is one of the most beautifully and expertly realized representations of full core in the modern day. And that is 2015's The Witch. Or <gasps> as, it's be- as it's known by its original title, the Witch, a New England folktale. And I think that original title in of itself captures exactly what we are going to see in Robert Edgar's 2015 debut, one of the best folk horror films ever put to screen. So what you're telling me, Matt, is we watched Haxon, mm-hmm. and that was not enough. No. <laughs> and we went to the Witchfinder General, and that too was not enough. Well, Matthew Hopkins did not have that going. charm. We watched The Blood on Satan's Claw, and yet you say, Ben and Monty, nay. Nay. It is not enough. (laughs) Well, I bet you, Matt, that with this, the (gasps) final magnum opus in our witchy series, the brew we have collectively concocted, I tell you, Matt, that this Robert Eggers masterpiece will truly inform us that the fourth time's the charm. Good night and good morning. (laughs) Well, follow us on Instagram at 4TTC.org and follow us on Reddit at r slash 4TTC. Oh yeah, get us on Reddit. Please. (laughs) (laughs) From within the ground.